We went over there and she had actually stumbled upon a fresh, a freshly dug pile and coming out of the pile was dirt, um, was a tarp, a plastic tarp and a rope. You're listening to Ecological Adventures, the official podcast of the UF IFAS Department of Wildlife Ecology and Conservation. I'm Rhett Barker. Ecologists go from their own backyards to the edges of the earth in pursuit of knowledge. Dealing with discomfort, sometimes dangerous animals, and unpredictable situations, they're rewarded with adventure and fascinating insights into the workings of the planet's life. I'll let today's guest introduce herself. My name is Kirsten Hecht. And what do you do? I am a PhD student and I study aquatic salamanders and I also study science communication. Where, how did you get into that, both of those things? How did you get into um, herpetology and then how did you get interested in studying science communication? Yeah, so um, as far as herpetology, I kind of grew up in an interesting place that had a four-lane highway in the front and a cornfield in the back. But my parents let, we had like an acre of land and my parents would let the backyard go. So we had critters all over my backyard. And so I would go out and catch toads and garter snakes. And luckily my parents never discouraged me from that. So I spent a lot of time doing that, but I didn't really realize I could do this as a career, but I knew I wanted to be a biologist. So um, after I got to college, I kind of failed miserably at being a genetics major. And so I started looking into other things and I realized that herpetology was the thing that I could do. And I went to the field campus at Ohio State, where I was at the time, which is right on Lake Erie, and um, there was a lady there named Dr. Tristler, and she's an, uh, a dragonfly expert, but she found out I was into herpetology, and she told me, you have to go find a hellbender, because we do have them in Ohio, they're very rare now, but they're in the other part of the state, but we do have them. And so as soon as I got out, one of the first things that popped up on the job board was a hellbender internship. And I said, I have to apply for that. And apparently they had like 60 some applicants, but I managed to get it and the rest was like history. So that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> what's uh, you get a bunch of these, but what's an unexpected experience that you've had <laughs> because of your work? Yeah. So oh, wait, wait, I forgot. What, so why did you get into science communication? Oh, yeah. Science communication. So um, it slowly sort of happened for a number of reasons. Um, one was I'm in a program that's interdisciplinary, so we focus on doing, you know, the ecology and the biology side of things, but we also learn about um, people and the people side of things and conservation. And so I started realizing how important it was, and then I was doing a lot of outreach at the time at the Florida Museum of Natural History, where my um, one of my co-chairs is, is located at, and I just saw how much good I was doing <laughs> and I realized how many people suddenly had different opinions about snakes especially and other um, slimy and scaly things and I realized that in order to conserve um, these pretty uncharismatic animals we were gonna have to deal with the public and reach out with the, the public um, in a positive way and mm -hmm. so that really became a goal of mine. Cool. Um... Okay, now, what's an unexpected experience <laughs> that you've had because of your work? Yeah, so I used to work for the Fish and Wildlife in Florida um, in the Panhandle, and this one time um, we had a little bit of a scare. We were we, we always joked around that we'd probably find a body in the woods because that does happen, and um, other people have told me stories about that. And um, apparently at one point, 
unfortunately, a lady went missing in, in the area, and one of the foresters was out in the woods and found some strange things, like footprints and psychiatric papers, and like one footprint, one set of footprints going in the woods and none coming out, or only one coming out, and also just random stuff. So they started searching there. So they brought in the cadaver dogs and helicopters and everything else. So at the time, we were doing gopher tortoise burrow surveys, and we're out there running around on our ATVs, and uh, my partner and I at the time had walkie-talkies. And I remember calling and going, hey, you need to come over here right now. And I was like, okay. So I get over there, and the first time she comes over, there's like a weird pet cemetery in the middle of, like, in the middle of, like, the forest. And we were kind of freaked out, but, like, it seemed legit. Like, it was okay. And so we went back to work, and then... I probably worked another 45 minutes, and she calls me back, and she's like, hey, you need to come back here right now, I'm freaking out. And so we went over there, and she had actually stumbled upon a a freshly dug pile, and coming out of the pile was dirt, um, was a tarp, a plastic tarp, and a rope. (laughs) And we started getting really freaked out, and it was covered with rocks, and it was fresh, and so we were like, oh my gosh, we don't want to deal with this. And so we went back to the foresters at the time, and we told them about it, and there happened to be um, one of the ag law enforcement there. And so they went out, and the foresters were all making fun of us. They're like, there's nothing there, you're just making it up. But then they all followed us in like a caravan, and we went <laughs> to the woods. And so the guy dug it up, and there was nothing in it, but, the time and the thing. but to this day, it still really freaks us out, and we have no idea why it was there, or why someone took it into the woods and buried it, but it was a very strange experience. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> and yeah. Then, and then, uh, what was one of the, one of the stories you had about, um, like, directly with the wildlife? Oh, yeah, so I had, um, I guess one of my more fun memories, uh, was with, uh, my study in the Great Smoky Mountains when I was up there, I was doing diet studies on um, basically baby hellbenders, so the larval stage, because no one really knows much about them. And so for this project, I was basically making baby hellbenders throw up, which is really funny. You basically just make them regurgitate with water. And so most of the time you did this, like they would throw up and there'd be little pieces of mostly invertebrates, like um, aquatic insects and little crayfish and things. But this one time, very last one of the whole study, um, I was out there with a crew, um, and it started like opening its mouth and something white started coming out of it. And at first I was like completely freaked out that I injured it, and I was like, oh my gosh, what have I done to this baby hellbender? And then as it started coming out more, I realized that it was like a whole intact um, salamander that it had eaten. And the salamander uh, was only like an inch and a half, and the thing it eight was almost the same size and so I actually just screamed I was so excited and like my crew got all worried and thought there was something wrong with me so they came running over and I was like look at the dead and luckily they all understood didn't think I was weird but some of the people visiting Smoky Mountains thought it was really weird and um, yeah that was one of the most exciting like three moments I've had so I got to publish that it was the first time we ever knew that like love will help Thanks to Kirsten for sitting down with us. To learn more about the UFIFIS Department of Wildlife, Ecology, and Conservation, check the link in the description. Today's music is provided by Jason Shaw. You can also find a link to his work in the description. Until next time, thanks for listening.